All right, everybody, welcome to Yeah, But Still. Uh, I want to start out with just a, a, a legal disclaimer right here. We are a comedy podcast. All the things we are discussing in this episode um, is comedy. We are protected under the American laws. Uh, we have freedom of speech over here. I don't know about our Canadian guests. But, oh, yeah, uh, Cana- Can- Canadians uh, can't, can't sue internationally. Yeah, you can't, you can't sue people from another country, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. It's but, like when you're like, oh, la, 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 I'm on land. Oh, the floor is lava. You're standing on a couch and you're like, oh, you're in, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's I'm, like I, that. Do you want us to respond to this stuff? Or <laughs> not you? yet. Not yet. Okay, not okay. yet. No, no, no. Not yet. So um, uh, we're, we're going to be discussing an among indi- other things. Among uh, you, We will touch on Mike Marino, obviously, as, <laughs> as we... Um, discussed last step but uh jack do you want to do you want to kind of introduce who we're who we're talking about tonight well you you brought him to me we're talking about a a real renaissance man frank De- yes. frank d'angelo i'd say uh the disclaimer is this is a look don't touch situation our guests have told us this is a, a litigious individual <laughs> who is uh does not like criticism uh, but also, who, I'd say it's who who may currently be a suspect in an active murder case <laughs> of a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, he's um, an R and B singer, uh, film director, writer, and actor. Oh, would you say R and B? I would say uh, yeah, soul. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he claims R and B, dude. Are you kidding me? You haven't heard he have the story. R&B? Does he claim R and B? Why don't you I mean, introduce lots, our... lots of lots of different genres? I think he yeah. he jumps between genres. Why you... He's versatile. Why why don't we uh why don't you introduce our guest Brandon before I go into okay, the stories so, about his army? So our guests coming to us, uh, you know, two Canucks, two men from Vancouver, Stefan Heck returning, and uh, for the first time, Chris James. And, Welcome. Uh, these are two men who, while I was in Vancouver, uh, educated me very thoroughly. On Frank D'Angelo, and uh, we had we had a we had one screening of the Joke Thief, mm-hmm. one screening of uh, the Last Big Save. Yeah, and um, I think we we did one night where it was we watched his talk show, and then it was two nights consecutively of just us watching Mike Marino clips on YouTube. Yeah, and we watched his UFC fight as well. Uh, oh yes, UFC fight. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, to ex- so you guys maybe want to explain. He's he's like a, a an entrepreneur. So the reason he's well known in Canada is because he put he had all these commercials for an energy drink called <laughs> Cheetah Power Surge, yeah, and also a, a Steelback, well. yeah, Steelback Steel Brewery. Yeah. Both of those are now like gone under. But he would have the commercials on Hockey Night in Canada, like across Canada. He's based in Toronto, we're out west. But like, so he he's like this weird figure. He would present <laughs> himself as a celebrity in the these commercials, but he's not known at all. But that's how he made himself known. Yeah, I think. And and how I got brought into this is that Brandon, while you were in Canada, being shown this man, you were watching these terrible movies, and you kept proposing these ideas to me, like, yo, you think we could watch these movies so we could record this episode? And I kept putting it off because I was like, man, these look... Like, they are real bad. <laughs> they're bad movies. Like, they're, they're bad real movies. bad. And this is... It's, it's worth noting that, Jack, you watched Joke Thief last night, and there is a... Uh, there's a, there's a vast difference between watching a shitty movie among friends 
you know, having this communal experience. Yep. Ha ha ha. You know, and then just going going at it alone. Uh, and that's yeah. It watching it, it felt like you took half a mushroom and then just continued with your day and forgot about it, and things were just like a little off. You know, <laughs> yeah. you didn't and finish you couldn't yeah, figure out why. You didn't um, get to be well. That's a good segue because I didn't finish it, not because it was so bad. Oh, but fuck! You didn't finish it, so you didn't see the Mike Marino. Yeah, did you see Marino close the set? Like, because yeah. he's kind of like he has the, like fifteen the minutes. Ma- at the he's end. sort of the main event. Like, yeah. see that it, for he's he's this rich guy who has money from a billionaire. He he had these companies before. Now he makes movies where he does the music for them. He does everything. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll this, get but, we'll get to the full bio. Okay, okay, That's, sorry. Because I was gonna I, say. Why I stopped watching it is because I was like, I had so many questions about Frank that I started look, going down the Frank hole. And like, I think that's the most interesting thing about him. And once you go down the Frank hole, these movies are really confusing to watch. But once you learn yeah. about him and his personal life, which is fucking insane, right? Like, yeah, you read the bio... Like, we should just kind of go through the bullet points of him. Yeah. But once you I learn about the, that... I went down the Frank hole myself yeah. when I was up north. Yeah. I mean, that's I the fun part. sex with Frank D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> but once you learn this, the movies then become really interesting. Because I, I, I want to go into detail right now, but I'll, I'll say my summary of Frank D'Angelo is that he's a person who in, inherited a lot of money and then spent it all in pursuit of fabricating this status for himself um, and like building a media career for himself by just like forcing it financially. Like literally he has like a talk show that's on air because he buys commercial time. It's like technically an infomercial. Correct. But he's forcing it on air (laughs) by spending millions of dollars. Um, He's recorded all of these albums and then like, makes creates events in order for him to perform these like soul and r&b songs um and we'll get to that and then like you guys said these commercials i think that was like his first foray into acting and like you know hanging out with local celebs he um yeah he's just kind of like squandered his money well that's debatable i mean i'm to me, it's pretty clear he squandered his money. It seems like he still has it. Yeah, and oh, he seems dude, to be having a great time. We'll get to too. that, but... <laughs> I mean, it's he a, does... There's there's some... Like, I don't know where his money comes from initially because a lot of... He somehow had had relationships with two separate billionaires who both funded a bunch of his stuff and gave him money early on throughout his project. So I don't know how much of it is his money, but you're absolutely correct that he is just cosplaying this entertainment career. And he's doing it with like, you know, he's got James Caan in his movie. Like he's got real <laughs> actors. Yeah. I think in, he had in Al Pacino on his, yeah. on his talk show once. Yeah. Very and briefly. It, but. Probably the, the most surreal part is that like, I mean, I'm no stranger to people like faking it till they make it or like fabricating uh, a persona for themselves but the persona he's fabricating and paying for isn't even cool he's like fabricated <laughs> yeah. like this dorky local celebrity guy like this lovable local business tycoon character that but the the protagonists of his movies are always what he perceives to be a cool guy yeah you know, he's always playing a character that should be played by a man 
20 years his junior. Uh, he's oh, always man, got I his like talk about insane <laughs> diamond stud earring in. <laughs> in the last big save, he is playing hockey. He's a hockey goalie. He's supposed to be like 38 years old. And he I is, think when he was filming it, he was in his early 60s. Yeah, he's 60 years old. And it's just like it, the fact that you couldn't look at yourself in the mirror at that point and say, all right, it's a bit of a stretch for me to be playing an active, you know, professional hockey goalie is really yeah. a high level of delusion that kind of makes him a special individual. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the comment thread between these two movies that that we had watched and I, I it's a shame that we didn't get to watch sicilian vampire and we've seen that we've seen, that's I've seen a lot of his films yeah, just I've seen for that the, a few times yeah that's but his citizen kane yeah both of the movies that we did watch joke thief and the last big save are stories where he's the protagonist obviously but it's like stories of like redemption where we're an old guy <laughs> who uh you know has lost lost his luster uh, finally has a chance to like prove himself again, and the last big save, the you know the plot is that he is a uh, he's a guy who's been under a twenty year hockey contract mm-hmm. <laughs> and stops playing his first year because of like substance abuse problems, but he was still somehow under the contract, so still getting paid every year. He had and, substance um, abuse problems. That's interesting because sometimes the, things like that will, ha- will happen and they just fly by you and you're like, I've right. seen that movie a yeah. number of times, but it just never sunk in that that was a plot point. I think he yeah. mentioned it, yeah. but his, he, his own song was playing over the dialogue so you couldn't hear it, I think is maybe right. what happened. Yeah, the sometimes sound mixing is, sound mixing is an issue sometimes, so, yeah. Before but we he, dive into these movies, because like, here's the thing, I don't think a lot of people have seen, I doubt anybody listening right now has seen these movies we'll have to okay. describe them well but can i go can i real quick just finish my description of the last oh big please save. yeah go ahead because he he plays a guy who this guy he uh is it's game seven of the stanley cup all of the goalies <laughs> yeah. are injured and as opposed to like finding a guy from the minors or you know, you, you would just have a guy the, on your taxi squad or your farm team that you right. just bring up. It wouldn't be an issue. They call up this guy, this ancient man who hasn't played hockey in 15 years. And uh, yeah. that well, is. It's interesting that you yeah. didn't think it was a good idea because it actually pretty much worked out great for them and they won the championship. <laughs> well, also, so. well, don't spoil Also, yeah. Brandon, sorry, you sorry. point that out, but like. <laughs> Even the twenty-year contract, even the type of old guy he's playing, should be played by a younger person. Yeah, oh, because yes, a, yes. a, a, oh, yes. a person yeah. who's been in the NHL for twenty years is like forty or thirty-eight. Yeah. He would have yeah. had to start. He, this when guy's he was like a forty-year-old rookie. Yeah, yeah. And all of these movies, the theme. And before I go into this guy's bio, it should just be acknowledged. The theme of all of this is that like. These could have been maybe movies that sort of make sense, even if they're bad. If he just hired regular actors. It's like he has no understanding that there's a way to make the movie where it's not starring himself and his friends who are all his age. Mm-hmm. It's like the movies aren't about old guys. They're just but, like regular <laughs> scripts. <laughs> yeah. But you're watching a movie about like, you know, like 20, 30 year old guys. Like it would make sense if it was just like, you know. Yeah. You're maybe absolutely like a right. I mean, five year old guys in the movies, but it, they're being played by like 63 year olds. In his defense, it, makes it can no sometimes sense. take it can take some sometimes a long time, like in production. So maybe he wrote the scripts a long time ago when he was younger, and then he's just like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'll still go for it," you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just it's like absurd. It's absurd. Just like imagine like uh, your average Judd Apatow movie, like forgetting Sarah Marshall or something. Like imagine forgetting Sarah Marshall, but like all of the characters are sixty-five, and it's not acknowledged. 
and you're just like, wait, why is this like old man like crying over? I mean, a, a, a big dumped. part of like, it too, and I, I don't think it's as as prevalent in the joke thief is that he will hire old guys who are in like mob movies in like the seventies and eighties. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. he wants to hang out with them. He just wants yes. to hang out with them. So that's yeah. there's there's a few of them I think in in uh, the last big save, and there's a lot in his his mob movies. Obviously, that so, would like, be James, the other... James Con is in a few of his movies. <laughs> that's the so. other category of his like multi-hyphenate career is like mobster which maybe is like the one he has maybe the most con- like credentials <laughs> we'll see yeah just the crime aspect so, of it i guess <laughs> I, on top of all of this i'd say that this guy is just like a massive liar and mega megalomaniac um it seems just based on reading his stuff so i want to go through his wikipedia and i want you guys to chime in i think this is really fun because it gives people background but it also lets you know that like like most information about Frank D'Angelo out there is written by Frank D'Angelo. Yes. Yep. And even the most insignificant things you have to go back on and be like, wait, like, no, that's like there's no way that's true. <laughs> and like why like like what's the source of this? And it's always Frank, right? So uh and, and you guys feel free to stop me if uh if you have anything to add, okay? I'm gonna read yeah. this. I, I also have his Frank IMDb D'Angelo. bio open too, oh. so so I can chime in. Oh, some stuff in there too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frank D'Angelo is a Canadian um, entrepreneur in the food and restaurant industry, and and in entertainment. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> sense. That they, they didn't he just definitely put it all wrote together. that because yeah. it's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, and he added it after when yeah. he joined the entertainment industry. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even, couldn't even get through one sentence. Entrepreneur in the food and restaurant industry, comma, and in the and in entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this has definitely not been edited. Um, D'Angelo um, has made several feature-length films through uh, through his In Your Ear Productions. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is also the founder of D'Angelo Brands <laughs> and, uh, and now-defunct Steelback Brewery and is the host of The Being Frank Show, a weekly late-night talk show. Um, so that, I mean, aside from the funny gr- grammatical edition, I think that's like... True. I think the most important thing to note is that his son started. Or I mean, his dad started Napoli Brands, which Napoli Brands, one or the other. Uh, it, it appears to be like a big Italian canned food company in yeah. Canada. I don't know. Are you oh. guys familiar with this or what? No, I'm not familiar with it. I've I've not heard of it. it. Seems it I, I've heard of it, time. but only okay, through so knowing about Frank. Basically, it might be an Ontario this is, thing. This is. This is really important, and it also ties into uh, the joke thief. I'd say uh, D'Angelo was born in Toronto to an Italian uh, to Italian immigrants Giuseppe and Carmelo D'Angelo. His father owned uh, Napoli Foods. The younger D'Angelo showed an interest in the business at an early age. Um, at age nine, he outsourced his newspaper delivery of the Toronto Telegram to other children. He held many sales positions, sometimes Wait. concurrently, and bought his first house at age 20, yeah, which he re- resold profitably. D'Angelo started in the food industry working for his father until Napoli Foods was sold to Saputo. So, can, can, I'm sorry, did, oh, does it jump say in. in there, does it say in there, that was it mentioned the profit he made flipping his home? Dude. 
<laughs> yes. Does that, does that actually say that it was profitable? Like, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying because it could not come from anyone except for it's literally information that only he would know, and that he and it's not like and I guess dude, he maybe gave an interview. But and, there's and said also it. the thing about the idea of him writing his own. He wrote his own Wikipedia page up to a certain point. Yeah. Because then you get to the controversy section. Oh, we'll get sections. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's wait, an wait, awful, wait, wait, wait. You guys, man. I cannot believe you're fucking skipping over the most insane thing. He, his claims to outsource hundreds <laughs> of. So basically, I've looked at this up. So at age nine, Frank says that he essentially, what you do is you buy newspaper route contracts like if you want to be a paper boy you get like a delivery route he supposedly got like a hundred routes and then outsourced them to other kids that's Mm -hmm. what he's saying i swear to god guys i can't remember what i tried to look it up but i've heard that story before from somebody else i'm pretty sure he just stole this from somebody else because there's no fucking way he did that and he says from that he bought a house at age 20 it's It's like like, something richie rich would do like or dennis like dude that's I'm telling you, that's from something else. I yeah. don't know what it is. Uh, maybe yeah, one like of the listeners will it recognize from a it. Movie, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something or like I, I think I might have heard it on like This American Life or something. It's I cannot figure out what it is, but he says that at age nine he started doing that, and then at twenty he bought the house with his delivery money. Or maybe the money he got from his father, who owned. Yeah, it's like a multi-million part. dollar yeah. business, <laughs> and it's such a it's such a funny. Um, Frank style lie and be like, I was a paper boy. Like I was the best paper boy. I had, I had a hundred guys working for me. (laughs) Yeah. Still working class, still the kind of every man, but he was at the same time moving, shaking, making things happen.